Hello, friends and church leaders. Welcome to another episode of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. I'm your host, Becky Holton, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, Carrie Holton. Yeah. (laughs) Well, today we're talking about a topic that is sure to turn off some church leaders. Well, thank you, sunshine. What a way to build interest at the beginning of a podcast. Boyfriend, what are you doing over there? Well, I just hope church leaders who read the title of this podcast did not decide right then and there to just hit the delete button. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm hoping they did not respond. Nope, I'm not interested in that boring subject. Well, you and me both. Okay, well, let's keep rolling. Let's not keep our listeners who have not yet hit the delete button and have yet and have read the maybe not even read the title of this episode in suspense any longer. What we're talking about today is we want to discuss the topic of the church and her budget. Our thinking is that the church and money is a timely subject in light of the fact that many church leaders may be experiencing a decline in their church's contributions due to the effects of the pandemic. Right. I mean, this really is a serious topic. Right. I mean, it's a serious topic in our homes. Why wouldn't it be in the church? So we uh, we began this series in, series in our last episode when we discussed how to talk about money in the church. And we suggested some things like talk about giving in the church. Don't shy away from it. And when you teach on money, do so in a series of lessons rather than a single message. And be sure and connect giving to your church's mission and vision, such an important one. Also, to view those moments when offerings are taken up as teachable moments. Also, to be transparent with the church's finances and certainly say thank you when people give to the Lord and his church. Yes. In this episode, we want to offer a few suggestions regarding the development of a church's budget. And you know, we are entering the season when church leaders are beginning to think about next year's goals and financial needs. So we want to offer some suggestions for church leaders to consider as they plan next year's budget for their church. All right, that sounds good. Let's jump right in. What is our first suggestion? Okay, our first suggestion is to encourage giving to one fund to support all of the church's ministry. Now, I know this suggestion may be a bit controversial. I know that some churches allow givers to earmark their gifts to various funds, perhaps to a missions fund or a building fund, or a campus ministry fund, or some other special interest fund. And certainly there is an upside to this practice of allowing people to give to various funds to support those ministries in which they have a special interest. More money may be given to missions, for example. It may produce more enthusiastic giving. That is, it may enable people to feel better about their contributions because they know where their money is going and which ministries their gifts are supporting. And obviously, this gives individuals more control over how their gifts are spent. But our thinking is that in most cases, churches should not offer multiple options for designated giving. And the reason is that when this option is offered There is a potential downside, and the downside may be greater than the potential upside. Of course, the upside is that people can give to their favorite pet projects. And the downside is that people can give to their favorite pet projects. (laughs) Uh, This opens up the possibility that 
core ministry areas of the church could end up underfunded. Now, when you think about it, no one wants to give to the electric bill, but it's pretty important that the lights come on every Sunday morning in the worship center. There may be some who do not want to give to staff salaries, but those are important, aren't they? Some budgeted needs are not as glamorous as others, but they are necessary and they must be funded. And you know, there's another reason we are encouraging giving to one fund to support all of the ministry. It allows the church to focus on her overall goals and her five-year vision, something we've talked a lot about. And because if you're allowing people to give to various funds, that tends to splinter the church's focus. I, I think we really need to offer a podcast, hun, on the importance of coordination in the church, because it hurts a church when everyone is allowed and encouraged to do their own thing and to go their own way. But that that subject deserves a full episode, so we might better hold off on that and do some thinking about that. Uh, often our custom, you know, has been just to let people start whatever project in which they're interested. And and we don't want to discourage volunteerism or generous giving, but we also want to plead with church members to get behind the direction the church leaders want to take them. We're, we're just really trying to discourage rogue ministries or systems that tend to allow, allow church members to go their own way. Um, to make uh, any real progress, the church needs to be united behind a focus, a plan, a set of goals. Letting people give to whatever special interests they have is going to dilute the overall focus of the church. Obviously, there's going to need to be some special contributions from time to time, but we're talking about just kind of the willy-nilly giving and contributing wherever things need to go or wanted to go without uh, and losing the focus of the vision of the church. I think you really said some good things there, honey. Uh, and, and I fully agree that rogue ministries, um, they are a danger to a church and uh, churches need to be focused. And when you allow people to give to this fund or that fund or that fund, it does tend to splinter and cause the church to lose its focus. And we're not saying maybe that these ministries are bad. We just feel like the funding for them should be brought under the mission and the general contribution. Right. And you know, as you were talking, I was, I was thinking of an idiom. Too many cooks spoil the broth. Uh, that is, mm. too many persons involved in managing activity can ruin it. I mean, imagine several cooks surrounding a soup pan and throwing in whatever ingredients each one thinks best, that soup will end up tasting awful. You still need to help me fix dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, we'll return to our discussion of the church and her budget in just a moment. But for just a minute or two, I want to say something about the Effective Church Leaders Journal. This is a journal that comes out every Tuesday it goes straight to your inbox. What you will find in this journal is information that will help you as you try to lead your church, as well as the week's podcast. I hope that you will subscribe to the Effective Church Leaders Journal if you haven't subscribed already. And more than that, I hope that you will spread the word. Get the word out that this is a resource that church leaders could use and really profit from using. So, just go to our website to learn more, effectivechurchleaders.com. Sign up, register to receive this in your inbox, and please 
spread the word for us. We would really appreciate it. Well, let's move on to another suggestion. What you got for us? Why don't we do that? Let's leave behind that remark about my fixing dinner. What are you fixing for dinner? Whatever it is, we'll have to go out to get it. (laughs) Here is our second recommendation, and it is similar to our first suggestion. Don't allow individual ministry areas to do their own fundraising. In other words, prepare a unified budget. I heard of a church that required every ministry area to raise funds for their entire annual budget. Wow. Yes. And you can only guess what happened. Every ministry team was competing to raise funds from people inside the church. That's scary. Yes. Again, the focus of that church was splintered, and little ministry was actually happening. The better strategy is to encourage your church to give to one ministry fund and then develop one budget to support every ministry team. Right. And let me offer a suggestion here. Well, it's an illustration, really. Have, our, have any of our listeners ever been in a church in which they were encouraged to give generously every Sunday to meet overall budgeted needs, but then they were encouraged to give to a need in the youth program? maybe to fund a mission trip or a retreat. And they were asked to give to that special project through some special fundraising activity. Well, let me ask our listeners, when that happened, how did you feel when you were asked to give to various fundraising programs? We have been places before where we counted three and four requests for money in one single service. And um, I think what we're saying is that if an event or program or activity is worthwhile, you know, it's going to deserve to be funded by the church's overall budget. Right. Um, Don't make that event or program or activity a stepchild of the church's ministry. And don't ask your people to give, give to every special interest that comes down the pike. Make those special interests a part of the church's overall ministry and funded by the church budget. Of course, special, unanticipated, unplanned needs are going to arise. But for the most part, we believe it's unwise to allow individual ministries and areas to just do all their fundraising and to enter into this overarching competition for money. And like you said earlier, the mission gets lost. Yes, absolutely. Okay, good. Well, what's our third recommendation? All right, here is our suggestion number three regarding the church and her budget. Let your ministry strategy drive your budget planning instead of the other way around. In other words, budget planning should not drive ministry strategy. Ministry strategy should drive budget planning. Absolutely. Of course, this can't can't happen unless the church has clarified its vision for the future and its strategy for seeing that vision accomplished. Um, That's a big idea. Do you have a specific recommendation to help church leaders implement that suggestion? Well, I do. Of course you do. We recommend an annual planning retreat prior to the budget process in order to prioritize initiatives that will drive 
your financial plans. I like that. And I think another way of implementing this suggestion is to ask ministry leaders to put together their goals for the coming year. Only then should they put a price tag on what it will cost to reach those goals. In fact, we've seen a church finance finance ministry ask ministry leaders to do just that. It wasn't, here's what money you have, now see what you can do with it. It's, here's what we believe God is leading us to do, and here's the price tag on it. Good. And the point is to start with your goals and your vision for the future before you ever think about the budget process. Well, and of course, those ministry goals will obviously fit with the overarching overarching. Uh, vision of the church. Yes, they certainly should. Um, I think we have time for one more suggestion before you fix dinner. Um, What is the recommendation for number four? (laughs) Okay, here's recommendation number four. It is to build a budget that is based on what God has provided, but which also demonstrates faith in him and faith in the church. Ooh, this is a good one. And I think we might better clarify that one here at the beginning because it sounds probably a little... Condi- uh, what, what am I Contradictory, t- you that's say? That's the word. I There's couldn't get it word. out. See, I'm getting <laughs> hungry. Are you saying that church leaders um, should base their annual budget on both the gifts they expect to come in as well as anticipate growth in contributions? Yes, I am. I guess there is a fine line here in what we are recommending. Uh, first of all, budgets should demonstrate faith in God and in the generosity of his people. Yes. Uh, we certainly want our listeners to hear that. Uh, we, we need to develop budgets that, that demonstrate real trust in God and faith in him. A, a budget is really a statement of goals. When church leaders present a budget to the church, what they are really saying is, here is where we want to go next year. Here is what we want to accomplish by the power of God, and here is what our dreams will cost. So those dreams, well, here, that budget, it, it needs to inspire people. It needs to inspire them. So that means it needs to be a budget that, for the most part, has some faith behind it. It needs to be a budget that challenges people. Mm -hmm. It needs to be a faith budget, if you will. I like that. On the other hand. And here we go. Yes. On the other hand, faith budgets can lead to frustration when the giving doesn't come in and budget cuts are the last resort. I guess we're saying that budgets should be realistic but they should also demonstrate a level of faith in God and faith in the generosity and goodwill of those who will be asked to give. So as you can see, we're walking a fine line here. Yes, we are. And, and for what it's worth, uh, you know, we have read that best practice churches establish the budget for the next year based on 90% of what was given in the previous year. Then when giving exceeds that budget, they get to decide how to invest that extra money that God's provided. So maybe we could say that the budget should be driven by the church's vision and strategy, by what was given in the previous year, and by a certain degree of faith that God will do more through us than we have even imagined. So I guess you could say we're trying to be both pragmatic and visionary at the same time. Faithful. Yes, absolutely. So let's put a bow on this episode. Any closing thoughts? As if I don't know the answer to that question. I do have some closing thoughts. Uh, let me preach. Oh, let me no. preach. I'm give hungry. me a, give me a pulpit. I'm ready to preach. Okay. <laughs> We've talked about a subject today that many might consider to be boring. Budgets. Oh. But really, 
What are we talking about? We're talking about the mission of the church. Yes. We're talking about a church's goals and a church's vision for the future. And these are vitally important matters for church leaders who want to glorify God and see his church grow. So our advice would be don't neglect your church budget or the process by which you come up with your church's budget. It's not an unspiritual topic. Well, of course, neither is giving an unspiritual subject. Not at all. And we go back again to how we've talked about this was a topic very important to Jesus because our purse strings are attached directly to our hearts. And I think the Lord knew that. And, you know, and I would say that we realize this is a hard topic and it's um, difficult. There's difficult, different perspectives. And, I, and we, I'm sure some church leaders may see things differently than what we've suggested. And if that's the case, we would really like to hear from you if you disagree with something Carrie has said, not so much me. <laughs> but, but if you have some other ideas that you would like to put into this topic that is so vital for the church and for our spiritual maturation, we would love to hear that. Yes. And we want to thank you folks for joining us in as we wrap this up for this episode of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. We'll see you next time when we continue our discussion of the church and money. Thank you.